The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. This is the final talk that we're giving on love, sex, and marriage. I've really enjoyed this series. It's been really fun. And uh, just uh, if you haven't been a part of it or you haven't heard all of the talks, you can catch them on our website. And so I encourage you to do that. And maybe you would even want to refer to those from time to time. We have, I believe, the last four years of all of the talks we've given on Sundays are on there as well as other things and videos and stuff. So make sure that you um, take advantage of that and download those to your podcast, listen at work, what have you. Uh, the, to- the title of today's talk is uh, What Your Parents Never Told You About Sex. And I want to talk to parents first and kind of set up this whole conversation and then uh, talk to uh, teens and youth and or singles about this important topic. Whatever your attitude is about sex, it's a very sensitive issue And it's an extremely important issue. It's a critical issue to life and the exact reason why we're covering it in our church. I think most churches do not do this. I was raised in the church. I cannot remember any talks that I heard at church on sex. I do remember the ones I got in grade school and in elementary school and in junior high and high school, but I don't remember any really at church. And So some of the words that I'm going to use today, I even ran by several people within our church and said, hey, is this crossing the line? Now, this isn't something that you hear in church. And everybody encouraged me, said, no, it's too important not to include that. And so our culture has changed. There's been a massive shift in our culture. And you can see just by what you see every single day, especially this past week with Kim Kardashian and the whole Thing there of her photos and all of that, and you think to yourself, man, this would have never been the case when I was growing up, when I was a kid. This wouldn't have been allowed. You wouldn't have seen this. And so the, the world has changed, and so it's put us in a position now where we have to be a lot more proactive, different in how we handle this topic. How would you feel if you're a parent And somebody was climbing into the bedroom window of your child in the middle of the night and informing them about sex. How would you feel if that person that was climbing into their window in the middle of the night and spending all night long telling them and teaching them and training them about sex and gave them all lies and distortions? How would you feel if that person was there and you knew that the outcome of all that time spent with your child was going to ruin their life. And that if they followed that advice, they would have problem after problem, suffering, heartache, the rest of their life. Would that scare you? Sadly, that is the situation that we're facing today. Our children have more access to the things in the world today than ever before in the history of the world. And it is just one click away, and it's in their bedroom. In fact, it's in their pocket on their way to school. It's in their backpack. 
It's in their laptop. It's everywhere they go, anywhere they go. They can access stuff that you know nothing about. Not that you don't know about those things, but that you don't know that they're looking at it. You don't know they're seeing these things. Maybe you don't know for a lot of different reasons, most of all of which because they probably haven't told you. You remember how it used to be? You know, prior to 1995, which, you know, that wasn't that long ago, right, when Al Gore invented the Internet. All you had to do was to say to your kids, hey, we don't watch those kind of shows, and click the channel. Hey, we don't buy those magazines. You know, they had covers on the front. Yeah, we don't buy those. Or we don't go to those kind of movies. And that was pretty much it, right? You, real easy. You know, you protect your children from those things you don't want them to participate in. And now everything has changed. None of that matters at all. In fact, we have lost control of the controls. Kids have access to stuff 10 years old. Or younger, all you have to know is how to work a computer. Now that alone, if you're a parent, should scare the living daylights out of you. This will scale you, scare you even more. I read an article this week, and uh, it's been printed a couple times. I'd like to read it to you briefly. Uh, it says, in January of 2012... The lives of Melissa, Tom, and their children were changed forever. On a Saturday morning, the police showed up at their house to interview their son, 13-year-old Kyle. Under questioning, Kyle admitted to being addicted to pornography and to have crossed the lines sexually with several of his siblings and a neighbor boy. Melissa and Tom were utterly shocked. Their son had taken all of this into their house, and they didn't know it. And so he was taken out of their home and arrested that day and placed in juvenile detention. He faced three charges on that day of three counts of sexual abuse and one of them a felony. Melissa and Tom raised their children in the admonition and the fear of the Lord. They hoped that They would teach them from right for wrong, and they prayed for them daily. They taught them, and they protected them to the very best of their ability. And they would have never thought in a million years that their children would be viewing pornography right in their home without them knowing it, let alone that he would act upon it. But they were incredibly naive about its power and about the lack of accountability. Kyle had been exposed to pornography and became addicted very early on in life and very fast. He'd been sneaking to his parents' bedroom and using their laptop, which didn't have a filter on it. He'd been viewing porn with his friends and on their smartphones. He had his friends come over, and they brought their smartphones with them, and he simply said to his mother, Can I have the Wi-Fi password so that we can listen to Christian music? She ignorantly gave them the password, and they used that on their phones to access pornography. 
Kyle couldn't handle what he was seeing visually. He couldn't get the images out of his mind, and so he began to obsess about it and eventually act upon his feelings. So at age 13, his life and theirs was changed forever. After a period of house arrest, he was put on probation and then put in an intense two-year therapy program. Only recently was he allowed to see his siblings for the first time in three years. He will not return to his home until he had finished the program. And for the rest of his life, he will be registered as a sex offender. And that status will show up on his background forever. After Kyle was caught and all this was exposed, he wanted to share his story. He started insisting that Melissa and Tom warn their friends and their parents to stay away from the path of pornography and its terrible addiction. His background of being raised knowing the love of Christ did not keep him from the pornography, but it has definitely helped him deal with the aftermath as it has happened in his life. He has been on his knees praying and asking for redemption every day since, asking God that his story would make the difference in someone's life. Now that story is frightening. What can we do? Well, maybe we should go back to the dark ages. (laughs) Eliminate all technology. Collect all your cell phones and laptops and iPads and computers and take it all out of your house and remove it from your kids. Get it far as from them as possibly you can. But that's not the problem. Technology is not the problem. Technology has made it easier, but that's not going to cure the situation. Well, how about uh, removing to re- moving to a remote island? You know, I love those shows on the, uh, the off-gridders in Alaska. I mean, that's one of my secret fantasies. I'd love to move to Alaska and live in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere. Actually, I probably would hate it, but <laughs> I have this fantasy about it. Oh, oh. That ruined it right there. Or how about a prepper? You know, those preppers who... Uh, want to take their children out of society to protect them from all the ills that are facing us. But that's not going to solve the problem. I think you have to approach it with a lot of courage and a lot of faith. And it takes, it starts with being honest about what's going on. Facing it head on. I sat down with my sons. I have four boys didn't include the youngest. He's 12. He's clueless. But I had the other three this week, and I sat them down, and I said, boys, have you seen Kim Kardashian naked? Talking about it. Bring it out in the open. Facing it. And then being willing to deal with their answers. But keeping sex out in the open and talking about it and then being well to face it, a lot of the problems that we face as parents is a, just a deep-down fear that we are afraid of what we're going to find out. 
We're afraid that if we go down that path with our child, it's going to be like that story I read. And so we avoid it. And I'll tell you, putting your head in the sand is never a good decision. Never a good approach. So we must teach them the truth. Teach them the truth about sex. Talking about sex. The, the whole concept of the, the idea of the big sex talk, I think, is a joke. Don't have the big... That's a failure. That is not enough. You know, it's usually like this. Procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. You know, the wife is pushing her husband. Come on, you've got to give him the sex talk. Give him the sex talk. He's got to have that. you got to have that. You know, so, so he's 20 years old and he's moving out. Oh, by the way, have you thought about sex? That doesn't work. What's better is little bits of information starting from a small child all along their whole life of this continual building of a relationship with them, informing them of the truth. The truth of sex and the truth of the Bible, the truth of our our values that we hold as followers of Christ, what we think life should be like according to the scriptures of following Jesus and obeying his will, instilling that within our children from the beginning. Now, there are a lot of fears associated with this kind of thing. And usually the number one as a parent is, if I talk about these things, I'll just encourage it. I'll create a curiosity and then they'll just go and explore it further. And you know what I found to be in my own life? I found that to be false. That that is a false fear. That does not happen. In fact, the opposite happens. When you are honest and upfront with your kids and you talk to them about it and you do that their whole lifetime, then they are uh, empowered to make the right decisions. Then they're able to make the right decisions and they, they make better decisions, not worse. I think... As a parent, we think that we talk about it too much. But if you were to ask your kids how much you talk about it, they would say never. They would say, no, you know, they never talk about it. So I think that fear is unfounded. We must teach them what to believe. That's the best way to prepare your kids for what they're going to face, that daily onslaught at school, what they're going to face, what you never had to face, what you never had to deal with, the options, the opportunities you never had to wrestle with, they're wrestling with. So teach them what to believe. This triangle here I will show you talks about how if we focus on what to believe, that's the biggest portion of it. So that's the most amount we give to our kids. This is what you should believe about Jesus, about the Bible, about our faith, These are our beliefs. It's our belief system. It's our foundation. This is what we believe. And to to make the comparisons, you know, to contrast it with what they're experiencing. This is what happened to you today. This is what we believe. You stack on top of that your values. And some parents make the mistake and think that, well, uh, you know, I just let my kids figure it out. Let them become what they want to be. No, that's nonsense. Instill instill within them your value system and they'll have it and they'll follow it. And you're not giving them really yours, you're giving them the Lord's. His value system. 
That's what we want. We want them to reflect him. And then what will happen is their actions will follow if you build it on that kind of system. What most parents do is the opposite. It's the flip side. What they give, the most amount, the the, the dominant amount of information, things they give their kids is rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. And they hammer their kids with what all the rules are. And then they add to that a very weak relationship. They don't interact with their kids as much as they should. And you ask fathers especially, how much time do you spend with your kids throughout the week? And you're shocked at how little amount of time it is. And some fathers is almost none, no time with their kids. Do you realize that as a father, when your kids are little, they really they can get by with not, not a whole lot of you, okay? They really don't need you around. Mom's good enough. All right, they love mom, they're going to go to mom. But at a certain point, that changes. A certain age, right around puberty, that changes. And they need you more than ever at that point. And if you're not used to spending a lot of time, it's difficult to make that transition. At that point of puberty, you need to quadruple your time with those children. Because now they need more and more and more of your time all the way up until they leave you and leave the home It's not less time as they get older. It's more. Build that relationship stronger. But parents don't. They have weak relationships with their kids. They don't know who their friends are. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what's going on in their life. And the end result is rebellion. Because if I don't understand the rules, if I'm just being hit with the rules by somebody I don't even really like or trust, then I'm going to be highly motivated to break those rules and go against them. So we must have a strong belief system with our values, great relationship. It'll produce the right result. Teach them how to identify the right value systems. If they can learn how to identify values, and you do that by choices, kids Blow, they make mistakes, they do what's wrong, and that's a great opportunity right there to then teach the right value system so that when they face those on their own, they can make the right choice because they've experienced it already, they've seen it. They look at that and they go, oh, that's an easy one. I've already gone over that with my dad 800 times, my poor father. But they've got it now, see? And they can make those better choices when they understand the options and the outcomes. If you're a parent today and you're struggling in this area, I want to recommend a book to you. It's a great resource written by Josh McDowell. The title is Straight Talk With Your Kids About Sex. And uh, it's excellent, easy reading. Go buy that thing. Learn from that, and it'll help you. If your kids are little... Get that book, read it now, so you'll be ready because you're going to start talking about sex when those children are little, real little, when they start learning the terms, okay? So you don't start it when they're 17. Start when they're three and train them, and that book will help you, so go ahead and get a hold of that. So let me talk a little bit about what your parents never told you. Number one. So this is for non-parents. This is for kids uh, 
teenagers, singles, those who are considering sex. Dressing to be hot and sexy may attract attention, but in the end, you'll be the one who's sorry. The reason why is because when you dress to, to be sexy and hot, you're dressing to attract sex. That's what you're trying to attract. And young men don't know how to handle that signal. And so they're going to be chasing that, not you. And put alongside of that, our culture has this whole concept and belief that goes all the way back a long time, as long as we've had TV, that women are objects to use and discard. And if you don't believe me, just follow the media. Follow movies and TV and, and music. That's, the, that's the, the, what they're preaching night and day. Find a woman, woman, use her up, and put her aside. So dressing hot and sexy is a big mistake. Sex is not like it is in the movies. In the movies, they finish sex, they cuddle together. It used to be that they smoked a cigarette, but that's not popular anymore, so you don't smoke a cigarette. But your first reaction is probably going to be regret. Not like it is in the movies. The next one, oral sex is sex. You're not fooling God with this one. Oh, well, you know, God says we can't have sex before marriage, but this is the one loophole that we can use. Listen, he's not dumb. He's not fooled. He's not ignorant. You can't deceive him. Sex and oral sex are the same. Look up the definition, all right? Don't think you're fooling anyone with that logic. Sex is more poetry than it is science or even technique, okay? It's poetic. And let me tell you this. Most people are lousy at poetry, all right? You don't believe me? Why don't you pick up some second century French poetry and start reading it, and we will all laugh at you, okay? Most people are ridiculously bad at sex at first. But practice does not make perfect, all right? Practice doesn't make sex better. Love does. Love makes it better, not practice. What practice does is it makes the relationship all that more volatile. It makes it all that more complex, difficult, and explosive. Which leads me to the next one, and that is getting as close as you can without having sex will guarantee that the next time you're together, you will. Think of it like this. I got this big bomb here. So you picture like the, uh, what is it, like the, the pirates, you know, they have the big round ball, you know, with the big fuse sticking out the top. You get that in your mind? 
So you have a fuse, and when you're together with this person that you're so crazy about, romantically involved, every time you're together and you are engaged in something physical, the fuse is lit, and it burns. And so if it starts out like this, and it starts burning down like this, and then you stop. The next time you're together, it doesn't start over here. It starts here, where you left off. There's no fuse over there. It's burned down. So then you go at it again, and it burns down farther again, and you stop. And you're really close now to losing your virginity. And the next time you see that person, you don't have this buffer anymore. The minute you light that thing, it burns quick. You see, so getting as close as you can is a faulty line of thinking. Next one, women are not objects of pleasure to use as you will. Every woman belongs to someone, and every woman is precious in the sight of God. Looking at that headline about Kim Kardashian, I couldn't help but think, At one point, that was a precious little three-year-old girl. And what father in the world would wish that for his daughter someday? Our sons need to be taught incredible importance and value of women and how precious they are, and they are to be cherished and honored and loved and protected, not done with as you will, and tossed aside. Next one, until you learn how to love sacrificially, the only thing you bring to the table is lust. Lust is, according to Webster's, a passionate desire for sex. That's what you bring to the table. Big deal. You can't build a relationship on that. That's not a foundation for a great relationship. We're passionate about sex. Oh, great. That one's going to last about three weeks, you know, or two months, or if it's Hollywood, a, a few years. Next one, having sex is not a sign of maturity or adulthood that you have, you've arrived. If I have sex with my boyfriend, well, then now I'm, you know, I'm an adult. I'm, I'm mature. I've experienced sex. <clears throat> That is not the case. It is not a sign of maturity or adulthood. The reason why is because I know a lot of 40-year-old men who are still immature and not adults. Taking responsibility for your actions and your decisions, that's a sign of maturity. That's a sign of adulthood. Next one. This may come as a surprise to you, but not everyone in your high school is having sex. But you would be led to believe that. I asked my sons that. And they all said, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I'm the only one. The whole school, it's virgin. (laughs) No. No. Got kids will even lie that they have when they haven't. Just so they don't appear to be a loser. All right? Not everybody has had sex. There are millions of virgins on the face of the earth. And it's not weird or, or, or a loser or a nerd if you are. It's actually the opposite. 
In fact, it's the, optim- it's the ultimate, it's what everybody wants to marry. Sex is very powerful and wonderful. You should tell your kids that. It's really powerful and it's really wonderful and it's really fun. But listen, powerful things need boundaries. You're hearing just the opposite. Sex is powerful, it's wonderful, exciting, but it doesn't need any boundaries. That's like taking a loaded gun and handing it to a child and saying, hey, what do you think? Play with it a little. Guns need boundaries if you're going to enjoy them. Training. In fact, in our state, there are a whole bunch of laws pertaining to guns to spoil your fun, (laughs) to just be a, a religious killjoy. No. Save your life. How about this? NASCAR. You NASCAR fans? You know? NASCAR is fun if you're into it because of the high wall around the track. Now, it wouldn't be any fun at all if there was no wall and that car came around and smashed you and now you're paralyzed the rest of your life. Yeehaw, I really enjoy NASCAR. You enjoy it because there are boundaries there to enhance the whole experience. This is the right way of seeing it. You see, when when something is powerful, it does need boundaries. And the whole point of the boundaries is to make it better. So you can enjoy the whole experience of it. Get all that there is. Make it the wonderful thing that God created it to be. Think of sex like a road. And so love is the surface of the road. And the the guardrails on both sides are purity and faithfulness. And those are two that God has put in, in place. You see those in the Ten Commandments. You see those right from the beginning of Genesis. Jesus affirmed that. Paul affirmed that. That when sex is going on, purity is required and so is faithfulness. And those two things make it awesome, make it what God intended it to be. You miss one of those guardrails, whole thing goes haywire. Next one, sex isn't just physical. I mentioned this in a previous talk that I gave, but I want to mention it again today because it's so important. Because so many people think that sex is just sex, but it's not. It's spiritual and it's emotional and it's physical. And don't think it's just having sex. It's so much more than that. And if you want to know more, I can, you can just listen to that talk I gave a couple weeks ago. Um, this is the last one. Sexting is not harmless fun. I actually looked this up. And in our state, sexting is considered child pornography. If you're under the age of 18... And you're taking naked pictures of yourself and transmitting them digitally. That's considered child porn. It's a felony in our state. If your child takes a picture of their body and texts it to their friend who is also underage, your child could be arrested. Those parents could have your kid arrested 
under that law. So sexting is serious, especially in our state. It's not just fun. It's not just sharing pictures. So it's important, right, parents? It's important that we're having these conversations with our kids, that we're talking to them about these things to protect them, but also to help them enjoy their life and not have their life be a horrible curse and a burden. So I'm hoping, and I've been praying all week, that during this talk, at some point in here, you would have felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And as a parent, maybe that what you felt as I was sharing this was that feeling of panic, of, oh God, oh God, I haven't been talking to my kids enough. Then I hope you respond to that tug from the Lord this morning and change that. Get Josh McDowell's book and get started. If you're here and you heard me talk about some of these things and you felt the conviction of the Lord as, oh, I've been violating those things. I've been doing some of that. And you felt uncomfortable. You felt that flush in your face of, He's talking to me. You can get that feeling like, you know, what happened to you this week, and I was there and I saw it all, and so now I wrote my message to talk to you. That's not what happened, obviously. It's the Holy Spirit pushing on your heart, saying, hey, son, daughter, this is for you. I really want you to pay attention to this. I want you to respond to this. So what should you do? I am continually amazed at God's love and forgiveness and his compassion. How his mercies are new every morning. And no matter how far you've gone, you can always turn around and go back. Always. Always, 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 always turn to Jesus and receive his love and forgiveness. And so any one of us, all of us this morning can go to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. Help me get on track. Help me to be the father that you want me to be. Help me to be the wife that you want me to be. Help me to be the son or the daughter that you call me to be. And God will help you overcome. If you're stuck in pornography, of all the traps that the devil has in the world, that is one that has a very strong hook. And for some people, not all, but some people, they get hooked to the point where they can't break free. On their own, they'll describe it like this big monster inside of them that takes over and they have no control over it. And if you feel that way about it, if you're experiencing that, you must get help now before it gets to the point where it causes consequences that cannot be reversed. There are tons of resources for that. You can find them anywhere. You can certainly talk to me afterwards or email me, and I will guide you to those resources.